0: Hello and welcome to All Systems Argo. Today we're looking at a classic film 1944 Best Picture winner, Casablanca. If you haven't seen Casablanca, it stars Humphrey Bogart playing Rick Blaine, who is, according to IMDb, a cynical expatriate American cafe owner. The film focuses on Rick Blaine, his dealings in his cafe, and his decision to help his ex lover and her husband escape the Nazis in French Morocco. Casablanca is a renowned film that has been the staple for many a genre. But consider this. Will this 1940s classic pass the Argo rule? Get ready, it's all systems Argo. One of his merch, he has a crybaby patch, a wolf patch, a hoodie, a tote, a beanie, the book a second patch, and a tour bundle, motherfucker. Pay me to be damaged, God damn it!
1: And welcome, everybody, to All <laughs> Systems
0: Harco episode four. You fucking did not. <laughs> you piece of shit. That's I the intro now. <laughs>
2: it's okay.
1: <laughs> you better not. I am joined, as always, <laughs> I co-host intrepid <laughs> Jess. Jess, how are you? Besides
0: being angry at a poet. I'm I'm not angry. I just want that life.
1: Deeply jealous. Okay, not I'm angered, deep,
0: angry. I am deeply jealous and want to make money off my art.
1: Yeah, no fair. Yeah. Who doesn't want to get out of the uh, hamster wheel of capitalism?
0: Escape, escape!
1: <laughs> I wish I could escape capitalism, much like the main characters of Argo, escape the city of Tehran.
0: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway let's introduce our guest first. Anthony, how are you?
2: I'm good. Happy to be here. How are y'all?
0: We are making it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. we're alive in the world today, so...
0: Which is a thing to be lucky for in the world today, considering uh, a certain count number that continues to rise as we are all forced to leave Uh, our
1: homes. I don't know what you're even referring to. And instead of talking about a count that may or may not have hit its highest point ever last week, I think we should go back to a wonderful world of time gone by where everybody smoked and or- Uh, smoked indoors Mm -hmm. constantly and or a magical world in which uh, Nazis were accepted and powerful certainly not like today that's right I'm (laughs) talking I'm talking about our movie this week Casablanca
0: certainly not modern day America
1: I don't I don't know what you are even referring to
2: (laughs) I don't know so, I'm always trying to keep this piece timeless, Jess. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think uh, politicism is the enemy of art. And <laughs> any art that is political is inherently worthless. So let's talk about Casablanca. <laughs> Casablanca released in 1943, the straight up middle of the war. Uh, 1943. Um, yeah, yeah, 1943. Yeah. Just barely. Um,
0: straight in the middle of World War II. Uh, right. Follows there. a cynical, smoking indoors, uh, alcohol always in <laughs> hand, uh, straight everyman, Rick Blaine.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, his alcohol is only in his hand, like, in the second half when he's sad. When he's, like... <laughs> All cool and aloof, he doesn't drink. He's a (laughs) teetotaler.
0: But Rick Blaine, who runs Casablanca's premier nightclub, one in which allows Nazis because it had to allow Nazis.
1: I mean, they are in sort of uh, unoccupied France. So it's a real... um, Welcome
0: to unoccupied France.
1: And when I say unoccupied France, I do, of course, mean Morocco. But, you know... (laughs)
0: It hurts. It literally
1: hurts. <laughs> I guess, I mean, look, we don't need to go through the plot of Pasablanca. If you haven't seen it, you can look it up. It's one of the most famous movies ever. Yeah.
0: To be fair, I hadn't seen it before this.
1: I hadn't seen it. But Neither had
0: I. Mean, I, I know what it was about, but...
1: The 80 quotable lines in that movie, gee whiz.
2: Yeah, I was surprised at how many pop culture references seem to originate From Casablanca.
1: The character, Louis, (laughs) the captain, there's like 10 characters who seem to be directly based on him. Just a straight up rip off of Louis from this movie.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. The captain who uh, does not want to get involved slash is corrupt.
1: He's such my favorite part, right? He's (laughs) he's really good.
0: (laughs) He's so great. He's like, I'm so so smooth when I take advantage of people and try to be unbothered.
1: He's so great and so funny and, uh, I mean, a rapist. So
0: absolutely. Honestly, I didn't want to be the person to break it, so I'm glad you did.
1: (laughs) It's the least I can do. I appreciate Uh, it. (laughs) Anthony, let's let you go first. What did you think of Casablanca?
2: I really enjoyed Casablanca. I see why it's like a timeless classic. Um, I liked all the references, like I said. I was actually surprised by the diversity. I'm saying this in quotes of the film. <laughs> I saw like one or two Asian actors in like the background. I'm like, that's literally more than I ever expected in Honestly, a movie in a Morocco. <laughs>
0: I am so glad that you mentioned that because not gonna lie, I was like, ha! Huh. I like I like I don't know if it's just because of when the movie was made. It's that's exactly why. Yeah. I I looked at the background and I was like, oh, they're trying to make this bar look metropolitan. Like <laughs> I was like, you've got people speaking different languages. I'm seeing some black people, some Asian, like some East Asian folks in the background. Like there was a conscious effort to make uh, Rick's nightclub look diverse. Like it was a collaboration of people from, or a gathering of people from all over.
2: I agree with that. Um, I think moreover, the whole city of Casablanca definitely had like a Multi, more of a multicultural field, at least more than I was expecting to it. Um, like it's definitely still a Muslim sleep, but there's like French influences, German influences. Um,
0: there was some, somebody spoke Russian at one point, I think, or at least referenced someone Russian.
2: Yes, there yeah. were some people speaking Russian, I believe.
0: There's Bulgarians. There was. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, and one of the main characters is black, which for 1942 is. N- You know, good, I guess.
0: I really want to insert a uh, racial yes sir or yes a boss here. (laughs) (laughs) i will say mad respect though to Dooley wilson obviously who played sam uh because the music was amazing obviously and really set the tone for a lot of the movie i was just here for it it literally had me going back on spotify and being like i love this
2: yes
1: i i'm gonna i'm just gonna i'm gonna spoil it for you listeners a lot of this is going to be us saying one of the most popular movies in history is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> wow. But I mean, a lot of older classics are not necessarily the most fun things to watch now. And this is mostly. Mostly. The story had more emotional complexity and than I was expecting. I, nobody gets mad at anybody, which
0: is honestly <laughs> okay. So obviously, one of the most popular movies is good, and that is why it's popular. Uh, right. But also, uh, the fact that like, and I loved yeah. all the quips. I thought that was so, I, like, <clears throat> I like I like I how quippy the movie was when it came to like the the characters as like people. The fact that no one gets visibly angry, really. There's so much to be angry about. I was like, this could use a burst of emotion that it, it would not be overreacting. Obviously, right? I love all of the Casablanca
1: ne'er-do-wells who are, like, smiling at each other while <laughs> yeah. they stab them. Like, that's
0: great. Very funny. Very entertaining. Yeah.
1: I mean, there was there was some from Ingrid Bergman. There was some emotion there. I love the interplay, I guess, between her and Laszlo, her husband, and rick blaine
2: because yeah because
1: at no point do they ever have like a like a dumb love triangle fight
0: facts
2: it's because rick is too good for that he is a moral man deep don't down. do this to me this, <laughs> that's literally what they
0: did the, the movie said is. that but i literally wrote down incel shit like
1: <laughs> i do have a note that reads um, you'll have to do the thinking for the both of us. And like, Ingrid, oh
0: God. Ingrid, come on. Oh my God. For me, it was more the, I don't care that this person uh, is really important to this gigantic cause. More, how dare you fuck another man? It's like, this could change the world. But also, how fucking dare you, bitch? It is... It is
1: amazing that, that Rick Blaine's whole, and I'm, I'm going to call him Humphrey Bogart. I don't know why I'm calling him Rick. I'm going to call him Humphrey Bogart. His whole like arc is he gets really mad and sad that she's married to um, a freedom fighter. And his arc is getting over that for the good of the world.
0: Sometimes the only thing uh, that the world needs is a good man. <laughs>
2: That's a wrap, folks. That's that's Casablanca. Uh, Good
0: episode.
1: Uh, (laughs) Well, uh, Paul Henry, who's Victor Laszlo, I really liked because he seemed, you know, person who seemed too good, unrealistically good, and then he just is that good for the whole movie without feeling fake. Yeah. That makes yes. He just comes across as a reasonable person at every point. Apparently, the actor did not get on with anybody on set. Maybe that's why. <laughs> he <laughs> thought Humphrey Bogart <laughs> was mediocre and Ingrid Bergman, Ilsa, called him a prima
2: donna quote.
0: Maybe he was awful. acted like he was above all of it because he literally was.
2: Yeah, right?
0: It was not <laughs> acting.
2: He seems like a genuinely good character or at least that's the way he was portrayed and the side note like pretty much all the actors in this movie were really good
1: Mm -hmm. yes peter laurie in the beginning as Ugarte, just a two-scene role before he gets murdered how great is he
0: so good and like oh so
1: clear rick blaine likes him he's like ah you're like a scumbag but I'm fond of you, scumbag. But I'm not going to do anything. You're going to get killed. I mean, come on now.
2: One thing that did bother me in the movie was how willing the Nazis were to kill everybody except Victor. You could just take him with the back and fucking shoot him like you do everyone else. It's not difficult, but they're like, here's this elaborate traps to get him. Finally. Like, just shoot
0: him. <laughs> You're not wrong.
1: I know. I don't know very much about like free and unoccupied France during the like Vichy period. So I don't know how much, like it seems like there's a lot of political pressure to stop them from killing Victor Laszlo, but it's 1941 though.
0: Well, I mean, I don't know when I looked, when I look at like synopses of the movie, um, even though we have the date for when it started, all the synopses say like early, In World War II. So I would assume this is earlier.
1: Um, Well, this was 1941. So France had been invaded by the Nazis like a year earlier.
0: Also in the movie, they threatened to deport him to occupied France. And he's been in a concentration camp already. Yeah, so it definitely... Which, this is a sidebar, but the fact that Victor doesn't blame, the fact that Victor doesn't blame Ilsa for the affair that she had, I thought was really, like, a good moment. Yes. Where he's like, yeah. oh, you were lonely, weren't you? And she's not, she's not admitting what happened, but he knows, and you see that interplay between the two of them, and that was actually a really touching scene. Yeah, it was. Honestly, I
1: was far more invested in Ilsa and and Laszlo than I was in Ilsa and Rick.
0: Oh, absolutely. Ilsa and Rick was not the preferred ship.
2: (laughs) It really was not. I think they take a job of portraying it as a very passionate fling or romance, and that... The long-term relationship was between her and last love. That was real love.
0: The difference between that sort of summer love and a committed, loving relationship being the choice to stay committed when you have the opportunity um, to be sentimental or to care for someone else instead.
2: That's like not an easy choice to make or to portray well so I, that was cool
0: but i also at the same time did start singing take yo bitch <laughs> <laughs> when ilsa and rick were like flirting in front of lasso i did in fact start singing that out loud in my apartment
1: okay the fact <laughs> you've referenced that david banner song is ruining my whole brain i haven't thought about that song in years <laughs> And you won't say shit. <laughs> I can't say it. I'm in my home. I can't say that.
0: <laughs> and he did not say shit. It's not that kind of movie.
1: No. No, he didn't. Uh, I got to say, Humphrey Bogart, what impression did he make upon you guys?
2: Humphrey Bogart did a great job of portraying the character Rick, and I think is why it's a timeless character, and is. I would say the start of like a whole trope. Yeah, definitely the likable bad boy character. At first I really hated him. Like immediately was like, this is some incel shit. I need you (laughs) to go the fuck away. But then he grows on you and you see that there's a heart deep down. And then he does care about something.
1: That iconic and very, very good scene where he rigs the craps table.
0: Oh, absolutely. Oh yes. I thought that was so wonderful. And Honestly, when it came to the the start, when he was first introduced, I actually had a different reaction than you, Anthony, in mm-hmm. that I didn't think he was – I didn't, like, hate him right off the bat. I was like, okay, he's supposed to be our cool guy, like, quotations. He's supposed to be, like, our cool guy who is – not emotional and unaffected by his surroundings. And that's why we're supposed to admire him because he embodies this version of stoic masculinity. And so that's how I saw him. I was like, okay, so this is how the movie wants me to visualize this powerful stoic man as a man to be admired, right? And I thought it was a really nice touch to have uh, Captain Louis or Captain Renault, whatever, call him a sentimentalist early on. Yes. Uh, so that way we would be introduced to the idea that there was a softness to him because watching him kick that girl out <laughs> <at the laughs> bar was not it. I was like, sentimentalist, I'm going to need some more proof, sir. Uh, I, only, I only started singing about this being incel shit when he refused to hand over the papers.
1: For me, it, it, there were a lot of things in this movie that feel super stereotypical Uh, because they are but because they like made the stereotypes in movies exactly yeah like like you mentioned anthony that type being just ingrained in like modern masculinity what was weird (laughs) to me is that humphrey bogart is he how see do I? Homosexual? you homosexual? You did
0: not say homosexual. <laughs> That's not. One nope. a podcasts of gays. Wow. This is a gay podcast. You can't say gay homosexual pod- here.
1: Let's <laughs> You're going to be canceled for homophobia.
0: Homosexual. <laughs> for homophobia. <laughs> gay trendy. For homophobia. Are you saying we're going to get canceled before we even start?
1: Oh my God. Um, not, not us,
2: Anthony. <laughs> true I'm find my tweets. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly be difficult to find my tweets <laughs> so I'm gonna tweet. lie,
0: your twitter header is everything
2: Let's check what it is <laughs> <I'm fine.
0: laughs>
2: what i was
1: gonna say was like humphrey bogart considered by people of a, an older generation sex symbol basically
0: wait yeah. in
1: 99 the american film institute selected him as the greatest male star of classic American cinema, Holy which shit. is that's white.
2: Quite the title.
1: Cause look that's at him.
0: Legacy. But also you know, I can see it. Obviously. It's not
1: look at him. That's, that's the wrong it's he's just, he was so much more soft spoken and low key in a, like not a Clint Eastwood way yeah. that like, I was expecting. He's not laconic in the way that the '60s, '70s stereotypical.
0: He's not loud, masculine, misogynist. He is instead quiet, uh,
1: misogynist,
0: misogynist. Yeah, or as my cousin would say, (laughs) uh, "Real G's move in silence like the G in lasagna." Your
1: cousin and Lil Wayne. (laughs) I'm crying. I mean, he was great. A lot of incel energy, and all the side characters. Uh, I mean, the uh, Emil, the
2: uh, oh the one of the people that worked there.
1: Yeah, yeah, the the large guy who worked there. Oh
0: yes,
2: yes, okay. And then he was this, good. Uh,
1: The bartender was great. The bartender was great. He was like he pays my
0: bills. <laughs>
2: I think that was the other great thing about this movie is like how full of life all the supporting characters were. Yeah. It really made Casablanca and really the bar itself its own world.
0: It brought character to the space to have so many different types of people there um, yeah. regarding personalities and characters on top of the sort of, you know, diversity that this movie brought <laughs> that it could bring for the time
1: oh i want a a quick correction to what i said earlier uh i was thinking of carl who was the the larger german man not emil my bad
0: gotcha
2: who was emil then
1: he was the dealer at the roulette table
2: Uh, oh yes Uh, yes. one that was always sad about being short
0: sad about being short but also had that funny bit. Where uh, Captain Louis like shutting down the bar for gambling, and then he hands Captain Louis the fucking money <laughs> that he won at the table.
2: And
1: I kept being surprised that all of the famous lines land. I am shocked to see gambling in this establishment landed hard. It really ruined, was. Coming.
0: It was so funny. The, it it had so much more comedy than I expected. I did not expect this to be a funny movie. I also yeah.
1: didn't expect it to be at all political. I should have. It's nineteen forty two, but
0: same. I also didn't expect it to largely be political, and it was. I mean, that
1: whole yeah. scene with the dueling anthems—that was great.
0: Oh, that was phenomenal.
1: Side note. The guy who played the um, the head Nazi, Strasser,
0: mm-hmm. he,
1: was, uh, he was German, but he was a refugee who ran away from the Nazis with his wife, who was Jewish, oh, Amazing! and he played a lot of Nazis.
0: I am so sorry. <laughs> but I guess...
1: <laughs> well, you gotta get your own personal revenge. I just... Whatever works.
2: Well, at least I mean, it was an anti-Nazi film, you know?
1: It was. The Nazi took a bullet at the end. The most laid-back, relaxed bullet I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) The heroic climax of the movie is Humphrey Bogart shooting an unarmed man who's holding a phone.
0: Honestly, it was not what I expected. Yeah. But he did it for love.
1: The real love is Louis covering for him.
2: That was a romance, and I will not believe otherwise.
1: Agreed. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Both of them use women, but they love each other.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just like to mention Claude Rains, who played Louis. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm.
1: Married uh, married fully six times.
0: (laughs) Wow. You know, I can believe that. (laughs) Me too. Also.
1: Halfway through the movie, it, like, occurred to me, oh, he's supposed to be French.
0: Wait, what do you mean? It was very clear that he was supposed to be French, in part. By the way, he was digging on the Italians.
2: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Holy
0: crap! I, the, the movie began, and it was ripping on Italians from the start, and I was like, that's when this movie was made. Yes, When people ripped on Italians. It,
1: so it's wild that there's more ripping on Italians than black people in this movie.
0: Oh, my God. It shocked the shit out of me. It's not us this time. Everybody likes Sam, who is... Play it for me again, Sam. What? You know the one.
2: What do you guys think of Sam?
1: Ah, man. Look, Dooley Wilson, great.
2: I think he did a great job in the role. He
0: did. He's a, it's a great role. Uh, you know. I... It was yeah. uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, it was definitely uncomfortable to watch, um, especially um, the way that he was treated as an accessory. Uh, that that definitely it bothered me. Um, seeing him a, a fully grown man being called a boy, and like how
1: casually Rick is just—it's almost a paternal relationship, and it's real gross.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
2: It is very that.
0: And the ways in which both Rick and Ilsa are dismissive of him, except for when in need of his talents, even the way that he was when Rick was going to leave the bar, the way he was essentially going to sell him to the next owner felt weird. I know that it, that technically that's not what was happening. Yeah. Um, and he sold all the other ones too, but it's still gross. It Yeah. It just felt yeah. uncomfortable. But at the same time, um, The whole movie devalues uh, human life um, by the way it talks about refugees and the way that it actually directly states, you know, that human life is not worth much in Casablanca.
2: (laughs) Yes.
1: Well, it's wild that the big – like we've talked about this a little bit, but the big heroic – actions of the movie by our hero, Humphrey Rick Blaine Bogart, is him doing kind things that are specifically different from the crappy things he does all the time. He helps that couple, and it's implied that he does that every now and again. And it's also directly stated that he doesn't do it a lot of the time.
0: Exactly. And he made a reputation out of not doing it a lot of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only the most perceptive who are there very often, like Captain Louie, notice that he does do this on occasion and call him out for it as though it's a bad thing.
1: The arc of the movie is characters admitting that being a good person isn't bad.
2: It seemed to me that, like, Casablanca was said to be this place full of really bad people. And. At least what I got was that Rick was had to put on a facade of being a bad person to thrive there.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly.
2: Um, yeah.
1: But exactly, I agree. But the movie, in my opinion anyway, views that as just what he has to do to get by. The moral judgment is for when he does the good things, not the bad things. That is true. Mm-hmm. Until the end where I guess he becomes a freedom fighter, but it's unclear.
2: I mean, he also always was, but that also was I wish they'd gone more into his backstory a bit. I agree they didn't need it overall, but
1: most of his backstory appears to be that he got shafted at a train station, and he's never gotten over it.
0: It was so many years since his romantic tryst it seemed, and it was
2: literally one. <laughs>
0: Oh, what Was it wait,
2: one year? Wait, hold on. It it was, so one? France, Paris fell on June 14th, 1940.
1: Oh, yeah. wow, it was one. Yo,
0: it was one year.
2: So getting over that in a year, maybe, I don't know.
0: You know what? Take That's it difficult. back. <laughs> I fucking take it back.
2: They did play oh. it like it had been so long. They played but it like it was a year
0: forever ago. Thank you so
1: much, Anthony, for schooling both of us. Oh, because... <laughs> I straight up thought it was like a World War I amount of time ago. <laughs> so did I!
2: It was during the fall of Paris in 1915. Okay, so this
1: has been... Okay, well, hold on. First of all, that means he has established the, the Blue Parrot in like a year and a half. It
0: really is. He, he should not be this well established in Casablanca at all well uh, that's crazy (laughs) he just like traveled with his black man and established a bar in a year (laughs) that does human trafficking of refugees and is known for having a gambling den that is trusted by the police
2: what can we (laughs) say he's just that talented
1: i mean casablanca in this movie has a real um real like out-of-time quality, Casablanca is not part of the war, which is getting worse and worse. Yeah. It's this neutral zone that seems like it's always going to exist and always has existed.
0: Until it is then encroached on by our uh, general. Uh,
1: And it is, of course, a full lie, because this is, um, France, like, (laughs) (laughs) French-controlled and... France has taken over Morocco.
0: colonialism on colonialism.
1: It's interesting that so much of this movie has the like presupposition of, hey, this is just what you gotta do. What makes you good is when you you move past that because that's also the primary ethos of uh, Argo. Ooh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> See that transition?
0: <laughs> oh, that transition was smooth like butter. Thank you. <laughs> And Thank so, you. I've been
2: doing this for uh,
0: no time. And speaking of time, it is time to talk about Argo. That's right. <laughs> all Systems Argo transferring
1: into its second form.
0: All Systems Argo. Meh. So, Anthony, Anthony, what did you think of Argo? This for the first time, right?
2: Yes, this was my first time seeing it. It was all right. I don't think I really liked it. <laughs> But checks uh, out. Checks yeah.
0: out. It's within the true neutral framework. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I didn't like despise it. Uh of but I was I didn't love it. <laughs> it was yep. really neutral. It <laughs> damn it. <laughs> you are <laughs>
1: Thank you for confirming uh, the concept of the podcast. It's been recorded.
2: Thank you. Um, I'd like to appreciate it.
1: it. Well, a lot of our conversation this time around was very much about how everybody's just super chill with all the bad things that
0: happen. And they take it very casually whenever bad things happen, and there's no big deal about it.
2: Yeah, a lot of similarities in uncanny ways between Casablanca and Argo. Is
0: Brian
1: Cranston... Louis?
0: Don't do this to me.
1: (laughs) Is Brian Cranston an Argo?
0: Brian Cranston um, is very much uh, like Captain Louis. And it's so strange because, like, I literally. This is going to kind of roll us into the favorite scenes. The scene that I wrote down as a part of, like, what scene stood out the most to me this time around was the rotating, spinning camera when. Brian Cranston finally decides to stand up to leadership on behalf of Ben Affleck and the, and the camera spins around him and the other guy like it would in a kissing scene, like in a romance (laughs) movie, like when they kiss in the rain and the camera spins around them to show the intensity of the passion. That is exactly (laughs) what I was going to mention.
1: It is the emotional climax of the movie.
0: Uh,
2: Wait, really? Yeah, you're right.
0: In the same way that Lou decides to last minute stick his neck out for Rick.
2: In true Casablanca fashion, do do the good deed when it matters most.
0: Exactly.
1: (laughs) Be a terrible, horrible CIA chief. Except the one time where you save some white people. Anthony, anything anything in particular that struck you as um, good, bad, weird? I mean, you, we had a lot to talk about politically in the movie. Is there anything you want to bring up? Like, what do you got? Give us content.
2: Okay. <laughs> I... On. I have a couple of things. A scene that really stood out to me was the scene at the airport where they were about to miss their flight because that one guard had to interrogate them and verify that they were part of a film. And then that guy who speaks Farsi. Ah,
1: yes. Scoot McNary is the actor's real name.
2: Scoot.
1: (laughs) We love Scoot. Scoot is
2: a great actor. Yeah, actually, he did really great in that role. But he... uh, I liked that moment because before he was very um, afraid to act or do anything um, to go along with this plan. And he really rose up to that cage. And I thought that was a great moment for like a background character to have that kind of development. That being said, Argo had almost no life to all of its background characters. (laughs) (laughs) Casa Blanca was so vibrant in every Almost every little character there. Let's go through. I don't think we've ever
1: done this. Shame on us. The actual Iranian characters in the movie.
0: Not shame on us. This is episode four. We have time. Four <laughs> out of, four <laughs> out of eight Yeah, eight we have two time. Oscars. We have time for anything. We have nothing but 82 Oscar winning movies so far, or something. 82, 83.
1: But we got Sahar. We got a guard, border guard, who's like, real sassy boy.
0: The ministry guy.
1: Ministry guy who really wants it to be a foreign bride movie.
0: Which I thought was such a cute scene. I always think that's such a cute scene.
1: And that guy uh, played a taxi driver in American Gods who falls in love with a djinn.
0: Noted, but I'll never watch American Gods. Great.
1: Yeah, you don't really need to watch American Gods. Just maybe those scenes. Maybe literally just only that. This was the first time where it really started to sink in what we're doing, because I really didn't want to watch it. i re- I really did not want to watch it the fifth the fifth time, and that's not no, good. Not. this is yeah, this is episode four. I mean, it wasn't terrible watching it, but...
0: If I made Jamal, uh, I actually felt the opposite. I was ready to jump Ooh. in to re-watching Argo. I, like, this time around, like, I set everything up, and I was like, yeah, like, let, let me make sure that, like, everything's ready. This is gonna be great. And then, as soon as we got 30 minutes into the movie, I was like, holy shit, we're only 30 minutes in. This movie is not over. And we're... And for our viewers, when we watch Argo... We watched the extended edition. So we're watching the longer version of the movie. And 30 minutes in, I was already so tired. (laughs) 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 I was so invigorated to start. 30 minutes in, I was ready for the movie to be over.
1: The extended edition adds nine minutes. I'm so aware of every single minute. Anthony what characters stood out to you
2: in Argo characters that stood out to me well Joe Stafford played by scoot McNary <laughs> God what does <is> he <laughs> watch this <I laughs> every time I say his name I laugh
0: <laughs> scoot?
2: so he stood out to me John chambers in this movie uh played by John Goodman was really good
1: John Goodman what a fun 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 role good
2: pick. I also um liked. Ken Taylor, played by Victor Garber, he was the Canadian ambassador.
1: Actually, that's it's a good good cameo because every few episodes I reveal a new. No, um,
0: you're not about to. Act.
1: And it's usually something that um, in previous episodes we've mentioned how the whole end of the um, end of the movie is fake, and in reality they just got in the airplane and left. There was no chase. They were never almost uh, caught nothing happened ever it was Anthony. totally fine is the, that the- not deceiving
2: wait so they are really
1: <laughs> the operation was never almost canceled
2: well so it
1: was but before he even went to iran
2: okay all right so the, that's good to know because i it's like that's very uncharacteristic of the cia to cancel an op when it's happening
1: in general well <laughs> oh, <yes>. wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs>
2: But, what a move. yeah, canceling That's it like a thousand that. times before deciding. But generally, as far as I'm aware, when the U.S. government commits yes. to something.
0: They just go ham
2: it. Until, you know, there's new administration.
0: How long have we been in? Never mind.
1: doing it until they destroy the government of a smaller brown country. They're good at what they do, and what they do is, you know.
2: So that whole drama was fake. And then, so the part where the the iranians the uh they came and talked to sahar at the mansion before the uh
1: i have no clue if that's true because sahar is an entirely invented character as far as i, I mean tell. and that means it's probably
2: canadians probably true. did have a housekeeper that was iranian but
1: but who knows what her life was probably super interesting really
2: fucked probably up super uh, like so everyone gets all the white people get to leave the country via airplane and the well, Canadian ambassador instead of taking her with him or paying for her way out she instead walks on the border to Iraq she is a
1: refugee to Iraq which as we discussed last uh, episode not doing too hot after that. not gonna be a great place for her in about 10 years Where? So, because of us also again because of us
2: I was just trying to think of, where could she have gone? Exactly. Have for her.
0: Exactly, um, where could she have gone?
2: The UAE? Maybe. That's probably it.
1: But this episode's uh, Argo lie is that... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You
2: know, okay, continue. You
1: know, <laughs> you know how um, at the end of the movie there's the whole thing where the CIA is like, finally we're the good guys like we can't even tell anybody and we're not the bad guys thanks canada can canada thanks, canada thank you can- canada it's weird. um yep so the 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 canadians did all of it 90% of the ideas and no. the plan and like the consummation of the plan, according to Jimmy Carter, was I Canadian. I am so angry. Wait,
2: so the
0: I am so angry.
2: The whole movie fake.
0: I okay. am so irate, <laughs> Jamal. You can't just be revealing shit like this.
1: Ken Taylor is, according to Jimmy Carter, again the main hero who orchestrated the entire I process. At no point did the Canadians consider abandoning the Americans ever. This. Ben Affleck's character was in Tehran for a day and a half, basically. The CIA helped, but they were a junior partner.
0: I hate that on a very spiritual level, just so you're aware. My literal <laughs> spirit hates that. What a trash They what really, trash I, lie. that's the movie. They lied about the movie. It's yeah. yeah. the yeah. movie.
2: It's even more troubling to me because it's then, this movie is just a clear propaganda piece. Yes. Even more so than Casablanca was.
1: Casablanca is at least, like, Casablanca is not hyping up any particular country. It's just anti-Nazi. Which,
0: honestly, is not hard to be. (laughs) Or at least it shouldn't be hard to be.
1: I think being anti-Nazi is just sort of a logical, normal thing.
0: Absolutely, not controversial even in the slightest.
1: Well, there was nothing in this movie that reminded me sort of events topical to the time we're recording this podcast. Certainly nothing about burning cars and large groups of people assaulting uh, buildings, not stopped by ineffectual. Absolutely
0: not. Um, I've never seen any burning cars in any city in America (laughs) with any (laughs) large group of people, or even maybe even a store on fire. Haven't seen a single thing. I don't,
1: I don't even, I, I, well, to be fair, to, there are some pretty major differences between the assault on the um, the embassy and the recent assault on the Capitol. The embassy guards used tear gas. So.
0: <laughs> uh, Jamal, I think that you're a little bit confused because they were told before they used the tear gas, you don't want to be the son of a bitch that started a war and to use it as a last resort.
2: Tear gas. <laughs>
0: so I think you're a little uh confused. <sighs>
2: they thought the war was going to start over some tear gas.
0: <laughs> I
1: I do love I've I, I love that whole scene I talk about it every episode but big fan of um instant cut from don't use the tear gas it is a last resort to instant tear gas use.
0: It was amazing.
1: Now that's the cops I know.
0: Yeah. Wonder where they were. Not at all recently.
1: On January, Sixth. Uh, what was it, 6th, 2021? Yeah. Uh, probably in the crowd. Oh. <laughs> uh,
0: you mean the circus, Jamal? Uh, I that's,
1: thought we did join that's the that's circus, <laughs>
0: <laughs> It's funny for, for because viewers, they call the CIA the circus. Uh, and for our viewers, not only is are the CIA called the, cir- the circus, but in the movie, a, a character uh, calls the the mob of uh, Iran, uh of the uh, excuse me um a character calls the mob of Iranians who are protesting outside of the U.S. embassy. Uh, they sp- specifically call them the carnival, saying that it's a little bigger today.
2: Oh, that's right. It's
0: the casual. It's the casual nature of the. Racism that is just the same as Casablanca.
2: I feel like in Casablanca, there was a lot less verbal racism. Maybe I just didn't notice it. Like, there were derogatory remarks about Italians, but there wasn't like, they were constantly with their language, like, oh yeah, all these people are inferior to us. Casablanca is in
1: every way a prettier movie. It is a movie where the ugliness is rarely acknowledged, and Argo is only ugliness. Yes. Yes. It is beige and brown and dirty except for the burning cars and the hung people and um, the Iranians who are not portrayed as good, good, good. Um, And just the constant CIA saying real shitty things.
0: (laughs) So shitty, so blatantly. There's almost like a class to the racism of Casablanca. (laughs)
2: Terrible. It's th- yeah. That's it's a, that's a t- good way. It's,
0: it's it. a timeless racism, as opposed to uh, <laughs> the racism in Argo,
2: covert rather than overt. Well, actually, both were pretty overt.
0: Both were but... pretty overt. Every
1: time I watch it, the line there's a specific line I believe it's John Goodman says about the Iranians where he says, referring to the comité the co maniacs are Fruit Loops, but they still have cousins who sell rugs on La Brea. I don't think that's the exact yeah. line. I'll get more of it every week.
0: I've but missed that. What the fuck? It's it's
1: gross. And John Goodman's arguably the most likable character in the movie.
0: It's very. I, I think that Argo this time around, um, especially after having watched Casablanca, um, both movies that are very much rooted in. Uh, a white boys club feeling, yes, uh, where the things that we find to be issues are really just done matter of factly uh, because of the time and because of the people who are in those spaces. Um, i I just find it very interesting the way that they're both able to present present these uh, clearly awful ideas as just unquestioned truths.
1: It's a real gross element of both movies, ain't it? Yes.
2: It is really like one of the sad parts of Casablanca, that and the misogyny.
1: It is an interesting comparison for these two movies that we have two movies about the essential goodness of that humankind is capable of. Because in the world of these movies, humans are naturally and generally going to be evil and awful to each other, and it will never be any other way, and there's no point trying to change it. Ooh. Yes.
0: The resigned nature of the racism and misogyny.
2: The thing for me I notice is that in Argo no one's portrayed in a positive light really. Like there aren't many do-gooders in this world of everyone being bad and our hero main character is not likable and not really doing good and he tries to be that like standoffish like I guess sort of inspired by Rick but it doesn't have the suave that it is he just seems like an asshole the whole time and uh, the thing in Casablanca like at least our asshole characters do commit good acts from like deep down in their heart like Captain Louie and Rick both turn around and become good guys in the end but there is not that growth at all in Argo, um, the only character really with Gross was um, Scoot Joe Stafford. He went from being a like a, a pussy to <laughs> being someone who acts. That's a wild
1: grasp of the movie.
0: <laughs> I love that so much. He goes from passive to active, right? From cowardly, from cowardly <laughs> to not so cowardly.
1: Exactly, yes. from the cowardly lion to base Chad
0: screaming.
1: <laughs> Casablanca loves all of its, almost all of its characters. It does. Like the only character that Casablanca does not love is the Nazi. Mm-hmm.
2: Argo is completely absent of love, except really the affection that the main character um, Tony has towards. His son and I guess his wife, their relationship's complicated. That uh, doesn't really get explored and I don't really want it to be.
1: They tell me this movie was directed by a person who had very shortly divorced from his wife, but I don't see it.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, would you look at that?
0: Sometimes coincidences do happen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> they held a national search for the star and Ben Affleck won. I don't That's know what, what to happens. tell you. I don't know. Ben Affleck's not bad in this movie. He just is in the movie. Yep. Yeah. But uh yeah, uh, him talking to his son about like science fiction TV shows from the 70s is like the only time this movie has passion is when it's talking about movies.
2: Interesting. I
0: actually I hadn't considered that, but also yeah. the scenes w- the scene where he is talking to his son about the movies is an endearing scene compared to, you know, the rest of the movie. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Jess, is there anything that stood out to you in this particular version of Argo? Version? uh, Viewing?
0: I don't know. I feel like the things that stood out to me the most, I mentioned the rotating camera scene, but character-wise, I think what stood out to me the most um, was... hmm, Well... This is not important, but Schaefer... No, I was screaming his name because I'm fucking him. (laughs) Not not at all like necessary, but it was (laughs) so funny. And I don't know how I didn't notice it in previous watches, but like, oh my God, it had me in the sky just laughing.
1: Yeah, it's an incredible line.
0: It's like, no, I'm screaming screaming. his name because I'm fucking him. (laughs)
1: It's so aggressive and such a ridiculous
0: escalation. It was so aggressive, no- so unnecessary. But because yeah. of its placement, was perfectly delivered and timed to for maximum Jess laughter.
1: Zelko Ivanek d- d- destroys that
0: line. It's so good. Yeah. A while back,
1: back in college, I I watched the second season of Daredevil, and in the second season of Daredevil, the, the Punisher shoots up a bunch of people. As he does. Uh, like, first episode, uh, of course, Punisher's whole thing, really. Uh, the cops are looking it over, and some cop character, like, I don't know, fingers a body, basically. He's like getting all up, looking into the bullet holes, and somebody says something to him, and he responds, I don't know, but this guy just. Punched a hole through three layers of Kevlar, thicker than my dick, <laughs> and it's.
0: That's not a line in Daredevil. That's same,
1: that same, it's like, not huh? A in
0: Daredevil. <laughs> what do you mean? What? Why would you say that? Don't say that. Nobody asked you to say that. <laughs> it wasn't warranted. It wasn't acceptable. It didn't make sense for the context. Layers of Kev, <laughs> somebody, and and you think that, like, you think about stuff like that, and you're like, someone had to write this, somebody signed off on this,
1: somebody wrote that, and was like, This is this is good, this is good genre dialogue.
2: And also, it was a writer's room <laughs> <laughs> that was several people that agreed, <laughs> This is the line, the director, producer, whomever looked at it, like, Yeah, great.
1: And in the line, uh, I'm screaming his name because I'm fucking... I'm, Fantastic. Wow. Uh,
2: <laughs> really good.
1: <laughs> that line was written by one no, person. Uh, screenwriter for the film, Chris Terrio. Uh, of course, the savant scribe. Stop. Uh, alma mater, Harvard University, University of Cambridge, USC School of Cinematic Arts. Writer Stop. of... Uh, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice.
0: Actually, it all makes sense now.
1: Justice League. And of course, co-writer of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker.
0: It all makes sense now. Sometimes things just fall into line and I shouldn't question anything.
1: (laughs) This man won an Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay. For this. And then he went on to write a string of trash.
0: Like I want to say the choices we make, the chances we take, but just they shouldn't have made that chance. I'm happy for them. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, eat them, dude.
2: Manifest being mediocre and rich. Come on. I We're manifesting.
0: I would love what? to manifest being uh, mediocre and rich. I'm mediocre and to. poor right now, so
2: my
1: manifest destiny is taking Chris Terrier's wealth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what I want. Oh man,
1: real loose episode today. We're just bouncing, and
0: that's okay. Our best Our
1: episode bro- yet. Real boring. <laughs> a real boring movie. I <laughs> think we're gonna talk about it for eighty-two episodes. What are you talking about?
0: Absolutely not.
1: <laughs> not a chance. Can't wait till episode like thirty when I'm just reviewing other movies.
0: Stop! Oh my <laughs> god.
1: This scene in Argo really reminded me of. Shh, uh, shh,
0: Jamal, we can't tell them. <laughs> we can't tell them that the Argo rule is going to be an excuse to talk about whatever we want. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, we got. A, uh, 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 we lost the whole recording. Unfortunately, we've lost the entire recording. It, it was never. Re- it was never recording the whole time, um, and we'll have to restart.
0: Yeah, it's time. Uh, I think it might be time for us to wrap up. Uh, we got to restart the podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think we should do that. I think we should uh, commit to this bit. And uh, Anthony, I'm so sorry that, that.
0: Uh, the last hour that we've recorded, we've just missed the footage.
1: It's, it's really disappointing.
0: We have to reschedule. Yeah, You're going
1: to have I, to watch both movies again. I refuse,
2: actually.
0: <laughs> 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 well, Anthony,
1: any final notes on Argo
0: or Casablanca? And which one's better?
2: Well, I've answered that many times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, but we need a definitive response on whether or not Casablanca passes the Argo rule.
2: Uh, yes. Um, I, I don't know how to answer if it passes the Argo rule or well, not. Well,
1: okay. So, the, the, the Argo rule concept, not the name of the podcast, but the, the concept is that if a movie is better than Argo, an Oscar winning movie, it is uh-huh. good. And if it's worse than Argo, best picture winning movie, it's bad.
2: I see. Okay, then it does pass the Argo rule. It's a good film. I'm All right. shocked.
1: All I systems Argo it
0: passed.
2: Yeah, Casablanca sh- was good.
0: I'm filled with shock and awe. <laughs> That's really surprising. Okay.
2: Uh, there was one last thing I wanted to bring up, um, which I think we might have touched on before was. Um, Another similarity between both movies is how they depict foreign influences on another country, like Morocco being influenced by the French.
1: Wildly heavy topic to bring in after we've already lost all the uh, footage. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um. Yeah. So Morocco being influenced by the French and the Nazis, um, and the Americans and Canadians playing with the politics of Iran, also as if like Iran has no sovereignty. That is actually the key difference: is that uh, Morocco does not have any sovereignty in Casablanca, but Iran does, and continually see the U.S. and Canada undermine it, which is the whole reason. This thing happened in the first place. But anyway.
0: Anthony pulls through here with the facts, even though we are not recording.
1: <laughs> Unfortunate that your very, very cogent points will be lost to time. Um thanks for trying to be part of the podcast uh, anthony maybe you can come back later uh maybe. is there anywhere you, would you would you want to plug stuff like we can send out a tweet or
0: something anthony where can we find you
2: uh you can find me on my instagram at valo 96 that is v-a-l-o-9-6 and uh oh i do also have my professional twitter at writer Alberti,
0: and you can find me on social media at Just the Remix on Instagram and Twitter.
1: If you you want to find me, uh, I don't know, call me, text me, whatever the thing can possibly call is. me,
0: beat me if you want to reach me when reach you me want. Right. To it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're
1: welcome. Uh, you can, however, come listen to my other movie-based podcast, Hate and Await, uh, and it's. The requisite Insta and Twitter
0: away. Hey everyone, it's Jess. The conversation and critique in this episode surprised us all. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you haven't already, don't forget to follow us at the Argo Rule. All Systems Argo was edited and processed using Ali2 and GarageBand. The music in this episode was Four Way by William Ross. Special thanks to our editor and producer Ian for their work on this episode. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time when all systems are go.